0: I do feel bad for many of the journalists who have attempted to cover the collision of religion and politics in this country over the past year. Many just gave up. Many skimmed across the surface of stories that were, in truth, profoundly significant. One resource that consistently helps make sense of religion news and religion's impact on secular society is Religion News Service. We rely on RNS coverage daily, and we're very fortunate to be able to call upon Editor-in-Chief Kevin Ekstrom on a regular basis when events demand the depth and objectivity RNS offers. And as the whirlwind of events that we refer to as the year 2011 draws to a close, Kevin's back with us to review the annual Religion News Service roundup of the most significant news stories of the year. Kevin Ekstrom, welcome back to State of Belief Radio. Thanks for having me back. You know, there have got to be easier years for assembling your year-end list. We were looking at the possibility of a shutdown of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom for a second time, as well as a loud controversy around the TLC television program American Muslim uh, inevitably, those most recent stories make it harder to establish a perspective on the events of an entire year, but I am perfectly willing to ask you to try. <laughs> <laughs> You're too kind. When you look at the sweep of religion news stories over the past year, are there any broad themes that emerge?
1: I think uh, I call this the year of taking it to the streets um you know, we saw everywhere from Occupy Wall Street to the state house in Wisconsin over uh, unions uh, to Tahrir Square in Cairo. I mean, people were pretty ticked off uh, on any number of things. And this was the year where a lot of that really kind of coalesced and gelled into a people's movement. Now, obviously, Occupy Wall Street is a little bit different from toppling Hosni Mubarak in Cairo. Uh, But across the board, um, I think what we saw this year is uh, a lot of angst, a lot of uh, disgust, actually, in a lot of places. And all of these movements that aren't really related are sort of uh, underscored by a common theme of uh, right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, What is right? What do people want? How should governments treat Uh, their citizens? How should um, institutions be held responsible? And, you know, basic questions of fairness, uh, economic fairness, political fairness, uh that I think is, is sort of the, the big theme from 2011.
0: Kevin, is it fair to say that there also have been a lot of people who are just plain angry and they have let that anger go to the streets?
1: Yeah, it, it's uh it's sort of the year of uh what what movie was it? Uh, I'm angry and I'm not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh I think that's really what you saw and a lot of that anger is directed at um you know these kind of nebulous, you know, Forces, you know, mm-hmm. corporate America and um, Wall Street, and you know, we saw this a little bit last year with Tea Party. They were mad at the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone is really um, just had it, and I think it's symptomatic of the times in which we live. In terms of, you know, the economy is is taking a beating. It's not gotten any better. Our political system is paralyzed and doesn't seem to be able to do anything,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and. I, people are just sort of fed up and you know they weren't going to sit under Hosni Mubarak in in Cairo and they weren't going to sit any longer under Gaddafi in Libya and they're not going to sit under the thumb
0: of Wall Street uh, in New York it's always interesting to look at the contrast between which stories get the most mainstream media attention versus which earned the focus of the specialist journalists at Religion News Service. Are there stories from the past year, Kevin, that you were surprised didn't break through, even though you and your team saw them as particularly important?
1: Oh, That's a good one. Um, you know, I, I think the... The degree and the continuing degree of anti-Muslim sentiment, uh, we saw that this year, and, and it did get a, a decent amount of coverage. But what su- surprised me, and I think still catches people off guard when it pops up, is the persistence of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you know, this year uh, we had the, the killing of Osama bin Laden, which was a big story. And a lot of people were quite happy about that. Uh, and there were some people who actually hoped and thought that, well, maybe with bin Laden gone as kind of this sinister figurehead, maybe uh, Muslims will get a little bit better – a better rap, and mm-hmm. you know, there maybe discrimination will abate a bit. In, in fact, according to the polls, the opposite happened. And I think what it did was it dredged up a lot of bad memories that people have of uh, Islam and extremist Islam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just the opposite happened. And then, of course, as you mentioned, with the TLC series, All American Muslim, uh, you know, I've seen the show. It's it's pretty benign. Uh, I mean, this is not a study of the Mujahideen or anything like that. I mean, it's, this, this, these are rank-and-file Americans doing very everyday things. Um, but they just look a little different than everybody else. And all of a sudden you've got, um, conservative groups in a frenzy that it's promoting, you know, Sharia law and all these horrible things and forcing advertisers out. So the, the staying power, Mm -hmm. I think of anti-Muslim sentiment, um, always sort of, uh, catches me off guard and a lot of other people, I think too.
0: It's a good segue to another question that I wanted to ask you about Staying Power. The stories that have been outstanding in your mind this year, um, of them, how many of them will have a lasting impact? Uh, what stories are not likely going away? I think the
1: the biggest example there is uh, the sex abuse scandal that we saw. Um, at Penn State, uh, but also in pretty severe fashion in segments of the Roman Catholic Church this year. Uh, we are creeping up, we're just two months shy of the 10th anniversary of the church sex abuse scandal kind of erupting in Boston back in uh, 2002. And it, at the time, it would have been hard to imagine that we'd still be talking about it in 2012, but here we are. Uh, I think. What Penn State showed us is what actually the church has been arguing for a long time, that this isn't just a church problem. Uh, But I think what the church also showed us is that they haven't completely got their act together. Uh, Despite uh, a host of policies and promises to do that, um, there are still bishops who are um, moving predatory priests from one place to another. They're not reporting them to the police. Uh, What was interesting this year is that the the whole scandal kind of entered the criminal justice system in a new way. You had the first bishop ever indicted by a grand jury for um, not protecting children. Mm -hmm. You had another church official in Philadelphia uh, who was indicted, and uh, they found out that there were, I think, 30-some priests who had a known history of abuse who were still in active ministry in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Uh, The the courts are um, showing decreased willingness to take the church's word that, oh, yes, we'll we'll take care of it, we'll get this figured out. Um, Increasingly, they're sort of proving uh, in in too many times that they're not able to or unwilling.
0: Kevin, what is the implication of that for the broader church, the the rest of Christianity?
1: Well, I think what it shows is that – The skeletons in all of our closets, Mm -hmm. uh, but churches, um, they don't go away just by wishing them away, Mm -hmm. uh, and that you actually have to do something about them. Um, And I think also what the Catholic Church has learned the hard way is that policies and programs are only as good as they're enforced. And part of the problem in the Catholic Church is that uh, bishops can't be forced to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of policy, I mean, they can't. No one can force a bishop to to do X, Y, or Z to remove somebody. I mean, they can pass policies that say this is what you should do, but there are several bishops uh, who refuse to abide by the policies. And mm-hmm. so, I think it is kind of a uh, a stark reminder uh, to religious institutions that not only do you have to promise to do the right thing, but then you actually have to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Kevin, over the last uh, several weeks, maybe you could say even throughout the fall uh, up until now, uh, we have seen, again, religion being widely misused for political purposes. In fact, I guess I would say we have seen some new lows um, in that regard. Is it your sense that religion is is likely to continue being as widely misused for political purposes in the year ahead as it has been in 2011
1: um uh, well i mean <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit of a loaded question but i I know, I know what you're saying and um i think we to come at it another way uh is is religion going to be a wedge issue for major presidential candidates like it has been so far. Mm-hmm. Um, are conservatives going to uh, hold Newt Gingrich's Catholic conversion against mm-hmm. him? Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps. Or are they going to hold Mitt Romney's Mormonism against him? Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they they likely will. I think um, what you're really seeing and have seen in recent weeks and months is a, a sort of a an internal skirmish within the Republican party, you notice that you don't see as much of this on the democratic side, just because they're not, um, as a religious, a group as the Republicans and conservative evangelicals hold a lot more sway Mm -hmm. in the Republican party than they do in the democratic party. But what you're seeing is, is, uh, this is a fight over who gets to be conservative enough in the Republican right. party. And one of the, um, who, who's pure enough and who is good enough. Mm-hmm. And for Mitt Romney and for others, uh, they have found out that religion is one of those, uh, litmus test issues. Mm-hmm. And you've also seen candidates like Rick Perry, um, you know, come out and say, uh, I'm a church going Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially, Uh, why you should vote for me. Um, Yeah, are you going to see more of it? I think so. I think it probably will abate a little bit uh, the further we get away from the primary season. I think this is a lot of internal Republican um, fight over um, who gets to uh, drive the bus.
0: You know, I couldn't document this, but I think uh, that history would say that religion stays a, a big factor uh, up until about the time of the conventions, and there's some uh, good bit of religion there, and then that subject begins to wane as other pressing issues come about. And I actually didn't mean that as a a, a loaded question because I happen to think I, that we're going to see uh, Obama's Christianity reevaluated again, and we're going to see. Probably some more of the Obama is a Muslim kind of assertions. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a bipartisan offense.
1: Right. And I think, you know, it, it will be interesting to watch the president uh, in the next year as he's running for a second term because one of the things I noticed in sort of looking back over the year is um, when he has talked about religion, he has talked about it in a much more personal way. Than he was a couple years ago, and we really started seeing this just about a year ago, uh, when he lit the national Christmas tree in 2010. So, Mm -hmm. and he talked about the birth of the Savior, and he's referred to Michelle and I as Christians, Mm -hmm. and that was sort of the public rollout of Obama's personal faith on on the public stage. But you saw it a lot more this year uh, at the National Prayer Breakfast. He talked about. Uh, I don't care what people say about my faith. My faith is genuine. Mm-hmm. And at Easter, he talked about finding salvation at the foot of the cross. I mean, mm-hmm. very explicit Christian terminology uh, that you didn't always hear from him, but you've heard more from him. And now, is that a political move, or is he just more comfortable in his skin? I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think what the White House has learned is that if you don't define yourself, you allow others to define you, and uh, you don't have to be... A, Rocket scientists to see that people, uh, when they are trying to define the president, are don't always use the nicest of terms.
0: Right, and, and I should be clear that that it doesn't bother me at all that religion gets used to define an individual. It just shouldn't be used as the quality of an individual that would cause voters to accept that candidate rather than others. Absolutely. Uh, well, Kevin, uh, take a guess if you will, what issues are we likely going to be looking at a lot in the year to come?
1: There's, uh, It's going to be a busy year for the Supreme Court. Um, two big issues. One, the health care law. They're going to be hearing that, uh, I believe, in March, and they will have to have the decision out by the end of June. Uh, a lot of religious groups are really interested in that, and conservative groups especially uh, – working actively against it. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of groups that are kind of caught in the middle. Uh, you know, the Catholic bishops, for example, they don't really like the law, but they're not going to actively work to to overturn it. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to get a lot of uh, religious activists, particularly on the right, uh, really riled up. The other thing um, is that the court just agreed to here is a challenge to immigration laws in the states and they're Mm -hmm. going to look at the law in arizona which was the first one out of the gate but it there are also similar laws in alabama and some other places but these are really get tough uh immigration laws that a lot of churches have opposed Mm -hmm. uh, because they feel that uh, it criminalizes their work with immigrants whether they're legal or not and some of the more draconian provisions of these laws have already been thrown out but whether the Supreme Court allows states to kind of take the reins on immigration, or if it's going to say no, this is a federal responsibility—you got to let Washington do it. Um, a lot of religious groups are going to be watching that very carefully.
0: I've been talking with Kevin Ekstrom, editor in chief of Religion News Service, the only secular news and photo service devoted to unbiased coverage of religion and ethics exclusively. The website is religionnews.com Kevin, I know RNS marked 75 years of service during this past year, and we are so glad that you're going strong. We thank you for all of your help on the show all year long, and thank you again for being with us on State of Belief Radio today.
1: Well, I'm happy to be here. We'll have a brand-new website out in January that is going to um, sort of blow your socks off. So i uh, be looking for that, and I'll be happy to come back on the show whenever you want me.